0: You're
1: listening to the Packer Net Podcast Network.
2: It's the power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down on the first man who is inside. Pullback, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and steals inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.
3: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. We've got Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast online here with us. And we got a special guest tonight for a few minutes anyway. He's a busy man. we got Mr. Jake Shavink from the It's Always Draft Season pro- Podcast. How you doing, Jake?
4: I'm doing well. Glad I could pop uh, back on with you guys. It's always, always a pleasure to join. Uh, this is a lot of fun.
3: Absolutely, man. Hey, well, we're just going to pepper you with some questions before you got to hop out of here and and get on another pod. Um, First things first, dude, I got to ask you. I want to test your pulse on Jordan Love, man. We got the first preseason game out of the way, right? Um, You know, it's it's funny. If you listen to sports talk right now, Jake, you've got some, I mean, they sound like, hey, Jordan's the real deal. You've got others that are like, he's horrible. (laughs) I want to know how you feel about Jordan Love so far, man.
4: I, th- I think it's a mixed bag. I think, I think obviously national media, they have to s- staying in the middle, does them no good. There's no like, there's no like shock factor, or outrage factor when they say, oh, yeah, you know, Jordan loves him kind of up and down. He's played, you know, solid in some spots and, and poor in others. That's, that's not interesting to like the people who want those like quick snippet type of, type of analysis. I think for him, uh, I, I think there are things that he makes look easy and then there are things that, you know, he makes look a little bit difficult i think you know if you look at the preseason game i think you saw you know a couple things one i think you know the musgrave miss it stinks it, that's just it, it's it's tough to have misses like that but i get it like sometimes the like the worst t- things happen when it's the easiest like you see some guys miss breakaway layups right you know some guys when they're wide open you know they they've beaten everybody down the f- nobody has covered them down the field as a receiver they, you start thinking about it. You're like, "Why? Wow, just, all I have to do is catch this, but it gets into your mind, right? And, and you don't go, you're not in the flow anymore. And I think that's where love has to kind of get better. I think he just has to trust himself in the flow of the game and the flow of the single play. And just be like, yes, I've hit this. I've hit this in rhythm a million times in practice. I can hit this, no problem. But I think you, see, the eye, the pupils dilate, right? Guys get wide open over the middle. They're like, oh my gosh, I I have to hit him. I have to. And that's where you get those kind of just strange misses where like something tenses up or like something mechanically because you're thinking too much and i think you know the other i think big one that probably people were were looking at i know um uh jt o'sullivan was talking about when he was going through uh some of his stuff from from this past week that that screen right where it's it's there all you got to do is you, you know i know he's he's learned from 12 12 has got that like kind of you know, in his brain, a little bit of like, yes, you can drop arm angles. You know, you're talented enough to do that. And he just kind of like, he all he needed to do is just plop the little, 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 like beach ball over the top. Like just <laughs> simple. Like, guess what? This guy's not 10 feet tall. He can't get this ball if I just, just toss it over his head. So I think there are things like that, but then you watch him in the quick game, right? You, you see him, you know, there, there were a couple of plays. The one that comes to mind is, is the out to Christian Watson. Got to have it. And, and we're separated before watson's out of the break and like that stuff is just it looks so natural and i think that stuff is the stuff i kind of want to see more of because i think when you watch him at utah state and you see him sometimes at you know when he's played in spurts over his his really obviously young career he thrives when things are like off platform drop the arm angle you saw him do that one at family night it looked it looked easy for him right He 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 kind of thrives on that a little bit where he can just kind of like trust the arm more than everything i'd like to see more of these like all right this is the layup like just give me the layup right now and take it and, and have it be on time and i know you could say the musgrave one probably is a layup because he's that open but i do think like some of the quick game stuff some of the stuff that you know your your design rollouts like this needs to be on the money this needs to maximize the act as much as possible in a short passing game i think he's doing that at a very high level and and he you have to be able to do that at quarterback it is in this offense as we've seen it at its best especially with rogers in 2020 you've seen how important the quick passing game is and how important placement is in the quick passing game. If he does that, I think, you know, they're just going to be, you see some accuracy misses. That's fine. Intermediate deep. You're not going to be perfect there. You're right. You're not going to be. And I, I think the pass downfield, the Watson was fine. I think Dax Hill, Yeah, I saw some, someone Michigan in the chat. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Yeah, Dude's really good player. Like we're good. We're about to find out this year how good he is. So I, I think to me, I think obviously, not a finished product. Nobody thought he would be, I think, you know, through one preseason game as, as QB1 heading into 2023. But I think there are things that I've seen already that I'm like, oh, we can build on this. I, I feel really good about it.
3: Yeah. Very well said. I'm going to hit you with this question right off cuff. This comes from Mike in the chat. And I want to just say say hi to everybody in the chat. We got Dakota in the chat. We got Mike. We got Cheesehead, Murph, Blake Berry, Adam, showers in the house. Appreciate you guys swinging through for sure. All right. Um, Mike asks prediction, or he actually says prediction. Rasheed Walker will play significant snaps this season. How do you feel about Rashid and what you've seen uh, there uh, during the preseason game? I felt like he held up pretty well from what i seen.
4: Yeah, I know we're, uh, as you mentioned, we're about to go uh, do a little bit of roundtable thing from the preseason game. and I, I, I really liked what I saw from Walker. I think the hand placement wasn't the best. But I'll tell you what, he fought, he fought to regain leverage and he fought to get in the right spots with his hands. And that's something I think worth growing on. He looked less stuck with his footwork than he did in college. I think in college, they asked him to just obviously just jump set into like, just, you just hold him off, like hold the front side of this run play RPO, whatever it may be. And you're not getting a lot of like necessarily true reps, right? And, and like true, like, Oh, three, four second pass protection. It wasn't like something he was used to. So with him, it was like, man, he's fighting, he's anchoring, he looks strong. I think like the prediction has one caveat. I think if you know I, this speculation is off the off the rocker, like if you know if you know maybe number eight in New Yorks come calling wants you know Joe Douglas to be like, hey, get my guy six nine over there. Uh, we need him for the run, <laughs> right? Like we need him for the run. Like our offensive line stinks. It's kind of like, <laughs> all right, well, who's next up now? It might be Rasheed Walker and not Josh Nyman actually. Like I think that's actually possible, and I, 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 I love that prediction. I, he looks, he looks a lot more comfortable. Yeah, you see Jacob throwing his a hands a up, Jake,
3: because he, uh, he shared a video with me earlier, Kurt Ben Kurt on uh, uh what is it? Uh, wake up with hey. K. What, what's what's yep. that? K. Hey, Adams. Yeah, K. And Adams, Adams podcast. He basically predicting that that David Bakhtiari is going to end up in New York. Do you think that's legit? Do you think there's a chance that, you, or, like I told Jacob, I don't know, man, I don't really want to hit on it because I feel like he's just kind of stirring the pot. He immediately <laughs> said, that, sorry, Packer fans. <laughs> but do you think there's a legit that chance that David Bakhtiari could be dealt? And and immediately, here's the comment that Kurt Benkert made. If you didn't see it, maybe you have seen and heard it. But he basically said, "We we know why they freed up that thirty five million."
4: Mm-hmm. So. And it might not be for Bakhtiari. It might be for somebody else. It, it's all going to depend on, you know, who's selling at the deadline or not. Obviously, Green Bay, there is a chance they are. I, I think we would be silly not to rule out that, you know, we'd be silly to rule out that possibility of them being potential sellers. Uh, they shouldn't be selling, you know, that many people, right? Like there was a Bleach Report article came out today that, the, you know, one player that every team should trade consider trading, and the Packers are Sean Gary. Like that's absolutely ludicrous. Mike. That that shouldn't even be a thing. I it's awful awful take that is but like you know Bakhtiari like this is probably his last season so like if you're gonna get something for him you know might want to like it feels like they're just they're trying to be young at, at, at every position possible and I think I think they like their young guys I I do I and I and I've seen some people like even in the Facebook group uh talking up the young tackles and I was a little bit hesitant I'm like God, they just they're like late round picks undrafted free agents I think they like a lot of their guys they have in the building, and, and having tackle depth is a rare thing. So if if the Packers are kind of in sell territory and the Jets are like, yeah, we, we know we have to upgrade here. like I don't know how many options there are going to be right, to acquire someone. So do I think it makes sense? Yeah. Do I think he pushed money credit card-wise down the road to potentially – Get this to happen? Yeah, I do. I think he made that very clear. Honestly, it, it felt like that's why he was moving the money down the road is to say, you know, if my guy's available. But we'll see. I, I I do think it's a possibility, but I, you know, I think the optimists for the Packers this season in a wide open NFC, they may be in position to contend for the playoffs. And then we're not even talking about this, you know, in two months. Right. So
3: I think that's really what it's going to come down to is that first quarter of the season. You know, what what do the Packers actually look like? And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling. I'm feeling better every day with what we're what we're seeing. I don't know, man. I, Luke Musgrave. It's it's funny hearing people kind of start to get hyped about him because you know when he was drafted, he was hands down. Hey, this is the pick right here on my board that this makes the most sense. And I know immediately people came at me and were and they were saying, you know, he couldn't stay on the field. What he played two games last year. On and on and on and on. It's like I think you're missing the big picture here. This dude. He is blazing freaking freaking fast, and and you could see uh, who was it uh, Marcus Eversall on his podcast today or yesterday it was talking about him, and he was interviewing Andy Herman, and Andy Herman was like, "I have tried to curb the enthusiasm for Luke Musgrave, and I can't do it anymore. This dude is legit. When you see if he catches that crosser, right? Oh. If he catches that crosser, and oh, and whether he takes it for six or not, he's going to showcase that speed." And then yeah. Love somehow is able to maneuver and get that screen pass to him, bro. His he's his stat lines probably going to be, you know, what three, four catches for probably a hundred yards, and everybody's going to be like, who is this cat, right? So, yeah. what you take on uh, on Luke Musgrave, man?
4: Who it's hard not to be excited. I mean, I think I was in the draft based on everybody we drafted. I think I was most excited about both tight ends uh i i agree i think when they were at you know it was 40 42 and they were like who are they going to pick i'm like well you know if they're going to be like all traits at at, like tight end it's probably going to be musgrave or washington there was talk about that they didn't really like washington when they had him in so they basically if think about it musgrave they basically got christian watson playing a different position almost (laughs) like that athleticism is is insane uh, being down in the senior Bowl firsthand watching him run uh yeah there were very few people that that matched that speed he was the fastest there were a few obviously you know dBs and, and, and what have you that were kind of close to him but like that big just freaking an antelope out there man like it's yeah. just like when he's up to speed it's it's you're not catching him you really aren't so and I think seeing him and Wicks uh down there moving the pile a little bit for that rushing touchdown. That was that's that was awesome to watch. I I do think like Musgrave has the frame, the size to play a little bit in line. It's just going to take some time. And I think, you know, it it stinks to lose Davis. It really does, because he's obviously a really good blocker who was going to add value uh, in multiple tight end looks. But like, man, get some reps out there for Musgrave (laughs) wherever you need to get some reps. So,
3: yeah, go ahead, Jake.
4: So uh branching off of that to
0: the tight end situation obviously i am on record as being a very uh, harsh critic of tyler davis and i'm praying for the guy like i never want to see him have that kind of injury that being said you look at what happened in the last two weeks losing mercedes to the bears obviously we lost Tanya to the bears um do you see us staying with the three that we have making deguara come off of that h-back role maybe having a Pearson somehow make a team, maybe not making the team, but maybe more like a practice squad guy and that they use maybe like an Andre, was it Andre Miller? Is that the bigger guy that they kind of just converted? Um,
3: oh. Dre, Dre Miller. Yeah, Dre Miller. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or do you see them trying to make some sort of weird, is Kyle Rudolph playing for anybody? Like is, is one of those old kind of you know, clunky tight ends, is any of those guys worth taking in? Cause like you said, I was so pumped to see Tucker Kraft um, more than even Luke Musgrave. Now, oh yeah, I, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am for Luke Musgrave. I think that he legitimately might be one of the four tight ends that's happened since, like, what is it, two? Since like '95, there's only been a couple tight ends that have actually done anything. It's like Evan Ingram, Shockey, and Kyle Pitts in yep. their first year. I think it's like over 600 yards or something, mm-hmm. something around those per- perimeters. Yeah. Do you see Musgrave one actually growing into that like dominant tight end rookie year, or number two, do you see us going out and finding like some sort of old? I hate to say, Rusty and (laughs) cobweb-filled old man. (laughs) But
4: do you (laughs) see that happening? Um, Well, I I will say, I think, you know, I I threw out, uh, I remember on one of the, it might have been right after the stream, uh, or or during that one on Friday night, I was like, O.J. Howard's out there, Um, which (laughs) he's not like, he's not, you know, super old past the prime necessarily, but I do think... We, we know how Green Bay operates. They like their in-house guys. They're probably not going to be bringing anybody from out there, most likely. If they do, I would like it to be Howard. I think he's going to offer, funny enough, like a lot of people when he came out of the draft, was like, man, he's just a downfield threat. And it's like, no, he, he really became a good blocker. That's that's where he's made his sort of hey, even as a journeyman right now. So if, if they do that, will I be upset? No, not necessarily. Uh, but I think they should be pretty pleased – with what they have, I know maybe some people aren't super up-to-date on Austin Allen. He had like a nine-catch, 130-yard game against Wisconsin his final year. Uh, he was a pretty big downfield threat uh, in that passing game when given the opportunity. And he's another guy who's big, 6'8", 253. What? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's huge. He's huge. So – Like they still have like plenty of size in the tight end room right now. Like they're not they're not lacking in that department. All what Allen, uh, Kraft and Musgrave are all two fifty plus. And then you have Deguar who's hovering around that 240 mark. But he like at Cincinnati, he always blocked his butt off. They stuck him in they stuck him in in line. They had him handle pass rushers. Like I know it's the AAC, so you're not like, oh, he's going against, you know, Will Anderson or something, you know. Not like that, but like he he held his own. So I I think they're probably gonna take care of it in-house. Uh, which is fine by me. You get the young guys reps. I'm t- I'm totally good with that. But if they bring somebody in, you know, to be a blocker, sure. Just don't don't take away any of the passing snaps for, for our young duo. Uh,
3: dude, I'll tell you this. Luke impressed me. Luke Musgrave impressed me with his blocking the other night. You know, he set up in pass pro on that. I, I think it was a safety blitz. It could have been the sand, but I believe it was the safety blitz. And he set up in pass pro. It was the deep pass to Watson on the nine route down the left sideline. Musgrave oh. literally put the dude on his knees. And then later on, I think we ran a duo. I'm pretty sure it was duo. It could have been inside zone, but it looked like duo to me where he sifted across and, and clipped the, uh, the defensive end. Oh. Fresh. oh, dude. I was like, yep. okay, th- we've got something this, he can actually block. I'm not saying he's going to be a great blocker, but you can see he's picking up on it. now. Of course we ran the fly jet, uh, the, the touch pass there to Jaden Reed. And he completely whiffed at the second level, but you you could just tell he was his feet wasn't under him the whole time on that play, but I don't know, man. I'm excited about Musgrave. I think he's really going to impress. I think we got us something there. Here's my final question for you. Well, first of all, we got look at this. Who we got in the chat here? Ken James says Jets, 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 Jets. Let's go. Jeez. The Jets are only good for one thing in here, Ken. Before we kick you,
4: yeah. Sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. That's
3: it. That's all. All right.
4: There we, we go. There
3: we go. All right. Jake, Carrington oh, okay. Valentine, man. Yeah. Carrington Valentine. Bro, he impressed the heck out of me in that preseason game. And then he comes right back to camp and just picks up where he left off. <laughs> He's playing in the number one spot in place of Jair Alexander. I got to ask you, do you see any way possible that Carrington Valentine can work himself into the starting lineup?
4: Um, That's a, that's a good question. I feel like, if I remember correctly, I feel like Valentine, at least from what I – watched him in college he was he was on the perimeter a lot uh do they think he can handle things in the slot that's going to be up to them and how they've evaluated him at camp uh if he's quick enough to handle some of those duties i he's definitely physical enough if they want to play that disruption game uh up near the line of scrimmage and i think that's what makes him uh a real nice asset when you get to those third and sevens third and eights you know when barry starts to get a little bit aggressive sometimes and and the packers were one of the better uh defenses when they got into that scenario and if you want to get you know guys in the face of receivers on those type of downs I would like to have Valentine out there he's physical he's disruptive he seemed like I think a lot of the Bengals receivers were pretty frustrated (laughs) on on Friday night when they're going against him I, I don't think many of them enjoyed their time um going up against Valentine so I I think I mean, all all he's done is make plays. Like, I know it, man. I, I know the pick. It the out. pick isn't like the pick is more of like awesome, like hand-eye coordination than it was like. Oh, he read the heck right. out of the play, but we'll take it. Like those, I mean, those, those type of tip drills, funny play, funky things. Like, yeah, if you can capitalize, awesome. Like that's just an added I remember bonus.
3: Remember earlier in the game when he was they had they had the t- the tight end flexed out right on the boundary and he was manned up on him playing press man. He almost picked that pass off. It's just he is so sticky in man coverage. It's unbelievable, man.
4: He, he's really fluid. And, and, and when they ask, you know, he, they're asking him to, uh, Kentucky to be a, a lot of off coverage and, you know, he's turning the hips really well. Like he, he doesn't look he doesn't waste a lot of movement. And yeah, when when he is under control and when he's not like, you know, turning himself into like one of those hard hitting safeties, he'll tackle. Uh, So he'll play physical ball like that's I'm not worried too much about that as long as they're, you know, throwing that throwing that ring out there and making sure the (laughs) tackling techniques good. Like as as long as we're good on that on that front, I think, you know, if they get creative with the DBs at all, uh, you know, if if they want, you know, to throw, you know, Sewell or, or, or Jair in the inside a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to be in, in, in that nickel defense, you want to get Valentine some reps on the boundary. I think that's where he's going to thrive. If they throw him in in the slot, I'll be a little surprised, but that just tells me that they think he's 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 got all the tools. Then I think you know it, this. Yeah. Lots of hard position to play, so I I would not be shocked if he cracks cracks the starting lineup this season. It just seems like the, the rise is happening. I love that he's wearing thirty seven. Yes. That was, the vibes there are awesome uh so we like that a ton so yeah i mean from everything we've seen like i know we we could be you know we could be getting a little ahead of ourselves a seven round pick you know there were a lot of highly graded uh guys that you know didn't make the team last year i know ryan talked about that on the on the pod uh earlier um it was either yesterday or or sunday but i mean he's just he's doing he's doing everything he needs to do first off to make the team and second like you know, if he gets some reps, you know, the next couple weeks against the Patriots and who's, I don't remember who the final game is off the top of my head, who they play. Um, is it
0: Seattle? It's Seattle.
4: Oh, man. <laughs> so, like, hey, if they, if Seattle's throwing their starters out there, awesome. Please mm-hmm. get Valentine out there and get some reps. Even if they don't, I can't imagine Smith and Jigba is just going to sit the whole game. Yeah. So he might get some reps there as well. That would be really nice. Two potential teams where you're looking at. You know, there's at least some dudes like you know New England's got some physical guys who play receivers. so that's a great test of how he can handle that and if a level of physicality if New England plays their guys, just give him all the snaps <laughs> on the stretch, give him as many right. as you can. I want to see, I want to see him cook. Let's see him cook a little bit. I, but yeah, again, Love when he's it. out there, he's just making plays. That's that's the name of the game with him. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm
3: fired up to see uh, see him play this uh, this Saturday, man, for sure. That's that's one of the yes. players I'm looking for. Well, we're up against the. The gun here. I know you. Uh, you've got somewhere to be, so we cut it close. We appreciate you dropping in, man. Thanks as always, sure. we got to have you back on again soon.
4: Absolutely, and and for the whoever asked about McCarthy, we can we can uh, tackle that another time as well. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know somebody was Ethan in on that McCarthy, so. right? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> All right, Jake. We appreciate you, man. That's Jake Shavink from the It's Always Draft Season podcast right here on the PackerNet Podcast Network. Um, You can just scan the QR code in the upper left. That'll send you straight to his podcast and uh, definitely check it out. Appreciate you, Jake. Have a good night. Yeah.
4: Enjoy the rest of the show, everyone. Right. Thanks, Jake.
3: All right. So let's get back to the super chat. First of all, I want to say, Nicholas, thank you for the super chat. We appreciate it. Um, let's see here. I uh, wanted to go back through. I've seen a couple of different chats here. Let's see. Where was it at? Where was it at, Jacob?
0: What you trying to find there? I can tell you. I'm looking. There
3: it is. There it is. Adam, we're looking for confidence with our interior offensive line. Dude, when it comes to offensive line in Green Bay right now, the interior just kind of feels like a mess on the right side, <laughs> right? Like, John Runyon, I almost want to see him at center, you know, just because of Myers' struggles. Um, it's just it's mind-boggling me, Jacob, that, we, like we talked about in the last podcast, there were no more botched snaps after Myers left the game it's like what in the world now what's crazy is jason Wildy was talking about on his pod that i think it was yesterday or the day before in practice there was like four botch snaps yeah. by like two different centers yeah. I, i'm i'm just about to the point where i'm gonna start blaming coach Buckus. i don't know what else to do man
0: it's a it is a weird situation and it's as I can say, I, I played center. You know, I'm not an NFL athlete. I played center on offense, and I played middle linebacker on defense when I played high school ball. And, I mean, my offensive line coach wasn't butt-kissed, and it was pretty simple. It's like your arm is on basically a, a fixed angle. All you do is that – your your ball goes up to your butt, and his hand's there. That's all you do. It's one bing-bang, bing-bang. There's no, There's no technique. There's no special skill. There's no spin on the ball. So, like, I – I find it hard to believe that I, I, I just, I don't understand it. It's just like, it's the most basic move in the whole game of football. It's you lift it up like eight inches, throw it on your butt. You touch your butt every day. You hit that same spot, bro. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and, right. Like, I don't know, man. And it's, I, I almost at this part, um, ping, ping, bang, ping, bang. Uh, at this part, It is almost to me like me. Is it the quarterbacks? Because that's the one, you know, you could pull out early. You can have some sort of weird hand placement. Because to me, again, the the center is very simple. It's just up and down, man. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. The fact that now at first it seemed like it was just Myers that was having problems. And then, like you said, it stemmed into other centers. And now it's into like – I thought it was almost three different centers had snap issues in the last couple days. So, yeah, I don't know what to think about it, dude. I just – it is so funny listening to Ryan talk about like, oh, you're a – You're a great kicker, except for that part where uh, you have to kick the extra point. And you're a great, really good at being a center, except for the whole part where you have to snap the ball. Uh, Yeah,
3: and he he hit the nail on the head, too, talking about scouting reports and this and that with centers. It's like you hear what they do well, what they do bad, and you never hear on a scouting report, you're just bad at snapping the ball. Like, you never hear that. And then here we've got multiple centers, evidently, that can't snap the ball. It's just amazing. One of these things, I don't know, man. One of these things don't belong, or in this case, one of these things might be to blame, and it's maybe it's the O-line coach. I'm just saying. Maybe it's the Bears' tie. It could be that. I don't know. But we're going to share the screen here, Jacob. You sent me this earlier, and I'm eager to let everybody listen to it. We're only going to listen to about two minutes of it because it does kind of veer off at the end. But this is really cool, guys. This was Aaron Jones. Let me get it shared here real quick for you guys. This was Aaron Jones on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, and he's basically uh, Rich Eisen asked him about Jordan Love and his leadership. Hopefully it's loud enough. I tried to amplify it. Hopefully you guys can hear it. But let's hear what Aaron Jones, team leader for your Green Bay Packers, had to say about the new QB, Jordan Love.
5: Lately. But um, is this the longest the interview has gone without you being asked about Jordan Love? Aaron.
3: Uh, I would say it has,
5: okay.
1: 100%. <laughs> I'm very proud of
5: myself. My restra- I, I actually pulled a hamstring restraining myself from asking you about him. <laughs> so let's roll into it, if you don't mind. Um, your impression of, of Jordan Love's readiness for a full playing season as the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers is what?
1: Uh, he's more than ready. Uh, he's, he's very poised. He, uh, he's calm in any situation. He's a true leader. Um, and us guys who've been here um with them over OTAs and camp and all of that we we know what kind of player we're getting and we're excited to just go lay it on the line for him and make his job easier
5: is there a specific example of his leadership skills that you're referring to you willing Um, to share for me
1: just uh one of the practices you know uh, the offense we weren't having um that good of a day and Jordan just stopped stopped everything we were doing and called us up and uh, you know, kind of let the offense have it a little bit, and, and not in a bad way. But uh, like, come on, like we got to pick this up. Is this what we want to be. And all the guys are like, no, of course not. So um, him just having a voice, everybody respecting what he's saying when he speaks, everybody listens. Um, and then he's a he's a heck of a quarterback. Uh, he's athletic. He can. He, he can use his legs as well. So uh, he brings a, a lot of different things to the game. Is
5: that something that you and maybe others who have been around a while remarked on uh, once practice was over? Like, all right, I see you, Jordan Love. I I, I, I noticed that you stopped practice and kind of called everyone together to knock some heads together figuratively. Did, is that discussed? Uh,
1: no, no. I tell him uh, right after he did it. Uh, that's what we needed. Um, you know, it's going it to – you can't always come from the same person. So you know, um, and if it's always coming from me, it might sound like beating a dead horse. But if it comes from somebody else who's well, very well respected and the mm-hmm. lead of our team, then those guys are gonna listen. You know what I mean? And not to say they don't listen to me or anything, but when it's your quarterback, it's your quarterback.
5: And
3: so, all right. So again, that was. Aaron Jones on the Rich Eisen show talking about quarterback Jordan Love. And I loved everything I heard there. And the thing, the thing you gotta understand about Aaron Jones, that dude is 110% genuine. Like you he, he's talking about how fortunate, how blessed we are as a fan base to have that guy leading this team. And to think so many people wanted him gone last year after last year. Oh, we just need a cup bait. We need to get it's like you have lost your freaking mind, but Aaron Jones talking about Jordan Love. Here are the things that stood out to me, Jacob. I want to get your take. He said he's calm. He never gets rattled. He's a true leader. When he said he's a true leader, I went, whoa, was that a shot? Hold on a minute. Let me think here a second. He said that he stopped practice the other day, Jacob. Jordan Love stopped practice. I mean, that means he didn't just stop his offense and go, hey, you know, he, he said, hey, hold up a second. He got his guys together and said, this ain't freaking good enough. Right. And those are the things that we were concerned about because he is he's a very positive person. You can tell he's kind of quiet. He's got kind of that quiet leadership. That was one of his strengths coming out of college. But to hear that he grabbed him by the face mask, maybe not literally, but, you know, figuratively and, and, and literally was like, listen, this isn't good enough. This isn't up to standard. Right. And to see how the guys reacted to it. You know, he said that everyone respects him. It's one thing you know, Pat McAfee talked about this on his podcast and A.J. Hawk was laughing so hard when he was talking about that there's guys that, you know, sometimes the coaches will go, anybody got anything? And there's that one or two guys, right, that stand up and start to – and A.J. was like – and you're like, oh, God, not them again. Because you can just tell it's fake. It's scripted. It's about attention, right? And what Aaron Jones was talking about there with Jordan Love is it's not like that. You, it, It's good to get another voice kind of speaking that message, right? And when it comes from someone who's kind of quiet and reserved, it means more, you know. It's like the old saying: the loudest person in the room typically has the least amount to say, right? And most of the time, vice versa. But the other thing he said, you know, he talked about everybody respecting him. But he said the way he can use his legs. I'm telling you, Jacob. I'm telling you, people are sleeping on Jordan Love's ability to create throwing lanes in the pocket, but also scrambling out of that pocket, especially if someone decides to play that two man two man under look. Once they turn their back to the offense, if there's a lane to run, he's. Gonna, I'm telling you, he's going to break out of the pocket. I think he's a fantasy sleeper for his legs alone. I think you're going to see several rushing touchdowns. But what did you think about what Aaron Jones said about uh, Jordan Love there?
0: I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited, and it's hard, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Obviously, he even in comments, he's like, he's my quarterback, I, I got to rep him, kind of thing. Right. But that being said, I don't, I don't think that it's just a bunch of fluff. Um, I believe that Jones was with love in the off-season in California, doing some of those off-season workouts where they were just together. I have to believe that over the last three, four years that they've been together, that they're not just co-workers. I've got to believe that they're friends. Um, It sounds like that they have, there's a whole different vibe to this whole year. And it's it's young guys that are hungry, not entitled. They know they have a chip on their shoulder. They know the world thinks that they're underdogs. I, I just really like that about them. And specifically with Aaron Jones, I mean, you look at, he's probably arguably on the offense, one of our biggest leaders now because you got Bach. I don't know how rah rah he is anymore. You got Love, new guy, which again, this is the whole point of this segment is that he's coming into his own as a leader. But after that, who is it? Watson, Dobbs, second year receiver that is just now barely getting the the feel of the NFL. And that's why, again, that this year, our defense, I really do think, again, not to beat a dead horse, but that's going to be the. That's gonna be one that's carrying the. I think the overall direction of this team is the, As the defense goes, the rest of the team goes. Even if Love is an average or better quarterback, I think that the defense needs to play very well for him to have a very comfortable and nice introduction into the NFL as a starting quarterback. But as you talked about, Jordan Love as a fantasy prospect, I, more than a sleeper guy, he's he's going, he's going in a very low tier of quarterbacks, guys that are. Um, where he does not belong because number one, like you talked about, and big Mac talked about it um, when he was on here about how he has a shorter play action delivery and how he likes to snap his body back and his head around and really be able to look down the field faster than Rogers used to have that very long delayed oversell it. Um, And then he'd turn his head around kind of slowly. Whereas love, he is a very quick exchange with that fake handoff. And then he snaps his head around. He gets that, uh, gets that footwork down and he's been so good at, like you said, reading the field, My first read's not there. Second read's not there. He doesn't force the run, but he's more than capable, like you said, to to use his legs. And I really think if you look at any of the top 10 quarterbacks, I should say top five quarterbacks that have finished in fantasy, it's because they have the edge. I mean, Justin Fields is not a good quarterback, you guys, but he's going (laughs) to as a top five uh, fantasy quarterback, most likely because of the fact that fantasy is not real football. It's fantasy football. It's in the name. (laughs) It's like – so that being said though I I love Jordan Love's ceiling this year I think people are still sleeping on him we've he showed that he is poised that he's calm the game's not too big for him like you said he seems just like whatever I'm the new quarterback now like no big deal and that's a good attitude I really really like it and we can go back to the another thing that Ryan talked about the fact that um is it Jaden Reed? Who who all lost their father? I know Love did. Jones recently lost his father. Tucker Craft lost his father. I want to say that was Jaden Reed. Was another Jaden
3: Reed? Jaden Reed did when he was in high school, I think.
0: So, or
6: maybe
3: a little younger, actually.
0: So I have to think that that bond again has made them.
6: We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Yep. More than just teammates.
3: so Yeah, it's the old saying, man, the Bill Belichick quote, we're building the team, not collecting talent. It's important. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Jordan does, man. I he, he sh- He's already shown me enough to get my excitement to, okay, this year I think is going to be better than I thought it was. I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs, but I think with Jordan at the helm and the skill set he brings to the table, that missed the Musgrave guys. It's being talked about way too much. And it's amazing that people were talking about the interception he threw in camp. I think it was yesterday, right, to Carrington-Valentine. But you didn't hear anybody mention the day before he threw four touchdowns, no picks, did you? Nobody talked about it, right? So you're going to have some that are going to be overly critical. You're going to have some that he won't be able to do anything wrong. I just want to see him grow. Like I said, I want to see that touchdown-to-interception ratio be 2-1, to right, and he'll play within the system and let's lean on the run. And let this defense win some ball games. I think we're in uh, in good hands. So excited to see Jordan Love. Let's go to the chat here. Uh, let's see. We have got Nicholas in the chat again. Thank you for the super chat. We appreciate you, buddy. He said, "I heard Tim Hasselbeck talking about the offense looking like the Rams in the first year with Sean McVay." Do you think Musgrave Craft could have similar years to Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett rookie year? I absolutely do. You know it, when we when we got to talking about the parallels between this offense in of San Francisco's and this, and, and that year there with, uh, with the LA Rams, they're very, very similar. Like you said, you had young tight ends, right? You had an, when they made it to the Super Bowl, you know, they had the aging running back, right. With uh, who was a Todd Gurley, right mm-hmm. here. We've got an aging running back. Um, so yeah, I think, I think they can play that role. You know, people, ha- they've drawn this huge uh, monster, right, Jacob, that, tight ends can't produce the first year in the league. Well, tight ends, it takes several years to get, you know, and I bought into that for a while. And then I, when I started looking at the data, I'm going, wait a minute, the good tight ends popped immediately, you know, to say that mediocre players take a little while to ramp up, but then you look at it and they're still mediocre players. Like find me the tight end that it took a while for them to come on the scene. You, you won't find a great one that it took, I took a while to come on the scene. Right. So I think, uh, Answer your question, Nicholas. Yeah, um, I think that Tyler, that, uh, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett could be a good comparison when it comes to uh, as far as production goes. Uh, you know, with Luke Musgrave and, and Tucker Craft, I think I think Luke Musgrave is going to have an. all If he stays healthy, you're going to see him running open so much, man, so much, especially off that boot slide. Oh my God, man. Oh my God. Uh, let's see here. Let's go back to the chat. What else we got in here, Jacob? When is Stokes back? And how will he fit in? This is a tough one. This is a tough one for me because I'm telling you right now, Carrington Valentine, it's early, I get it. But Carrington Valentine has outperformed Stokes, even in Stokes' rookie year so far, so far. And, again, it's early. But Valentine is just – when Andy Herman hops up a player, it's legit. It, I just told you what he said to Marcus Eversall earlier, right, that he, he was trying to curb the enthusiasm on Luke Musgrave. He said, and now I'm to the point where I can't because we see it every single day in practice. The guys going out there and performing. He's saying that Carrington Valentine, like we pointed out last night, and you mentioned, Jacob, Carrington Valentine might be the best player in the entire camp. Not the best rookie, the best player of yeah, camp. That's crazy. When was the last time you heard somebody say that about a rookie, Jacob?
0: A rookie seventh rounder? I mean, no, never. Hey,
3: just a rookie. Even yeah, Jair Jair, but I'm saying
0: yeah. a rookie seventh rounder at that. I mean, that is great. just it's unbelievable. And I saw somebody in the chat that said he's the steal of the draft. If he keeps this progression or this progress the way he's done it, like you said, through OTAs, mini camps, preseason, uh, hopefully he's going to be great in the next preseason game. If he continues on that trajectory, I mean, dude, that you talk about a steal of the draft. Um, that's if you have a, a lockdown starting corner quality player that you got in the seventh i mean i mean that makes me excited to say the least um yeah
3: yeah adam in the chat said if we had a charles woodson at nickel we'd really be cooking (laughs) Hmm. yeah go, go pick us one of those up at the store there while you're out adam we appreciate that let's see here all right what's your all's prediction on the packers what's your what's you guys prediction for the Packers' schedule this year. I'm assuming he's talking about wins-losses, right? Um, you know, mine's still kind of vague, masked man. Um, who is that masked man? Um, for me, it's it's somewhere between six and ten wins is what I've said. And now, here lately, I'm starting to settle into that eight range, right? But I'm telling you, man, the, the season don't get here sooner. I'm going to be at ten wins in no time because what we've seen against the Bengals, granted it wasn't their starters, but you've seen a – offense like they said that was getting to the line quick they were coming out of huddle with pace um they 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 look like they're excited about going out there this year and proving people wrong but jacob what do you think man i i don't think i've ever asked you your prediction the other night did you say 10 do i remember that right did you say i've been
0: been pretty strong on 10 um and i've said that and honestly if i'm being real with myself um i (laughs) I don't know if ten's realistic. I, I think it depends, again, on the defense. I think if the defense comes out and they are spitting nails and just eating, you know what, like that, that could really help. Because I, you know, what was the Colin Coward? He, uh, See,
3: you gotta get it right.
0: Colin Cowpie, yeah, he had that stupid segment where he talked about Jordan Love is just a game manager, and you're like,
3: it cracks Whoa. me up,
0: man. What's wrong with that? Like, <laughs> what, game is, manager,
3: game, what like, is game? game like, what does game manager mean? What does game like, manager
0: mean, Jake? I, I mean, you want to talk about a game manager? Like, would you call that Joe Flacco when he won the Super Bowl? Would you call that like Matt Stafford when he won the Super Bowl? Would you call it more like a you know, agent quarterbacks. Didn't Brad Johnson go to the Super Bowl?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he won once.
0: Sometimes yeah. game managers are the only thing you need, especially when you have an a uh, defense and maybe a special teams, who knows, knock on wood, that can actually carry themselves or help in the least bit of ways. I mean, the least bit. We've had so many defenses and so many special teams, squads as of late, that did not they, – they didn't just not help. They hindered our team. So imagine if we're on the opposite side of that going into this year where we have a defense that's actually winning us games, that's actually producing points, that's getting the takeaways, and you have a, a special teams all settle for just being normal. All right? I'm <laughs> not even going to ask for much, <laughs> just Anders. We can get into that in a second if we have time. Anders did a um, did an interview where he talked about why he's convinced that he's going to fix his, uh, his miss kicks things because he's apparently just missing them wide right. He says he knows what he's doing wrong. I got to go back to He's waiting
3: until yeah. the regular season to just fix just it. just wait until
0: that first week. That way <laughs> I don't want to get too cocky. Start making them all, you know. Oh, man. He did, he <laughs> went and said, I need to go back to my tempo and get a little slower, Carlson said, per packernews.com. I get maybe a little too excited, so it's something to watch for, and it's something I know I need to fix the tempo. He also noted that consistently missing wide ride as opposed to missing in different directions makes the fix easier. All right, buddy. Let's do it fix it. Yeah.
3: sounds like a plan. Let's go get it. His um, showers in the chat said, I just hope they give craft some run early this season. I bet he grows into it. His physical tools are really impressive. It's it's uh, you can see the learning curve is going to be there for Tucker craft. Um, yeah, I think that's the only way you get around that is you, you got to work through it. Right. Luke looks a lot more polished than Tucker, mm-hmm. Tucker. The, the only thing that, when I seen Tucker play against the Cincinnati Bengals, and I and I'm excited to see him again this week. The thing that stood out to me in a negative aspect with Tucker was he doesn't play that big, and at least not yet. Like you've got to, you got to embrace that size like you did in college. You know, we talked about how he ran so angry, and how you you know you you could just see him with the football, and how people would you know would shy away from contact. And then when I seen him against the Bengals, I didn't see him attacking the ball. Right? He just looked like he was playing a little bit. He wasn't playing loose. Um, what do you think uh, about Tucker Tucker this year, Jacob?
0: Man, as everybody knows, if you were watching that stream when we drafted Tucker, I was a, I was on the Tucker wagon. I was on the Christian Watson wagon the, the year before, and I would say that equally as excited for Christian Watson I was for Tucker Kraft. I was – you know, I had all the Chuck Norris jokes ready for Tucker Kraft. <laughs> Tucker Kraft got bit by a rattlesnake. Three days later, the rattlesnake died you know, that kind of stuff. And I was ready for it, but I will say it's been very underwhelming and I'm, you know, how Ryan's a very pessimistic guy on some of those people. I'm always very optimistic, even myself. Now I'm starting to be like, man, I just, I'm not seeing, I can see the potential and I can see the the given talents, the, all that kind of stuff. I think what I'm seeing also is the fact that he's getting used to playing in the NFL and not that lower tier of competition what was he like the jack rabbits or whatever <laughs> over there right,
5: right.
0: um so but i i do again i love the way he runs i think he has all the tools to put it together but we do maybe are taking um taking how great musgrave is looking and thinking that oh tucker craft is there that means he's bad no it just maybe means that musgrave is that good and that tucker craft seems like a normal tight end around this stage of his nfl career because like we've talked about before Tight end is arguably one of the most difficult positions to walk into as a rookie and do anything other than just kind of use it as a red shirt year.
3: Yeah yep we got the angry casual fan which has got to be the best youtube handle ever and i love that Just honest up front listen i'm a casual fan and i'm pissed off all right that's just the way it is. i say let Jair play nickel and put valentine outside nixon is the fourth option and then of course uh adam right below that said uh, you know Jair isn't quite big enough to play at the nickel on a consistent basis i think he's big enough to play in the nickel the normal nickel obviously not in the big nickel but uh for me dude it, you're paying somebody over twenty. He's that. He's the highest paid corner in the league, right? The highest paid cornerback in the league. He better not be able to do not to not do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're paid more than any other person at your position, you better be able to play all over the freaking field. There better not be a size issue there. And I'm not trying to bash Jair. I think Jair is arguably the best player on this team. I love that dude. Love. He's a spark plug. He. I mean, he is just a pro's pro. But when we start talking about, okay, what if we slide him to the nickel? Well, we need him on the boundary. The boundary isn't attacked. How many times did you see the boundary attack last year? It didn't hardly happen. What did everybody say? We're playing too far back. We're playing too far back because we're playing with two on the shelf in this quarter's defense. The the whole purpose of that pre-snap is to deter quarterbacks from trying to take those deep shots. So if that's the case, you're wasting gyre on the perimeter if they're not taking more shots, right? That's true. Now, if you pull them inside and you play them in the nickel occasionally and they start taking shots and we see somebody's a liability, okay, then then you can make that adjustment, move them back, whatever. But I don't – I just – that that really – and, Adam, it's nothing against you, man. I respect your opinion. But when you pay somebody that much money, it's like, hold up. and we What do we mean he's too small, man? He's got – you've got to be able to play anywhere on the field for that kind of money, you know, especially at the cornerback position. What were you going to say, Jake?
0: what would your response be to the typical fan? And I don't say that as if it's a negative thing. Cause in my head, I had this, um, this idea a year or two, two ago or whatever. And then once I heard you, I think describe why it would be a good idea. I'm interested to see if your mind's changed. Why don't we just take Jair and he follows the number one receiver, the whole game, the whole season. Why doesn't he do that? And then we dictate who the other guys are covering after that. I have to imagine that it's because we don't play man defense all the time. Uh, and that it's very hard to kind of filter your zone or whatever kind of coverage you're going to do based on one man following another man. So like is right. that basically the idea or do you see a situation where we could try to get Jair more locked onto their quote-unquote X receiver or the one receiver whatever you want to call it?
3: Right. Well, here's the thing. I wish I had the telestrator because we would we would geek out right now. Okay. <laughs> so in this quarters coverage, right, you've got There's different calls, first of all. There's different types of of coverage. You've got man match. You've got zone match, right? And then you've got drop zone, okay? In all of those scenarios, even if you're playing man match, right, let's let's, let's focus on zone match and spot drop, okay, which is your typical, you know, what they call country quarters. If you are going to put Jair Alexander on the number one receiver, you don't know where he's going to line up. So as soon as they break the huddle, How much time do you got before they snap the ball? Let's say it's 10 seconds. So Jair is going to follow him out and whatever the call was, whether it was, let let me just give you an example. If it's drop zone, right? If it's spot drop country quarters, then whoever is replacing him, they've got to be ready to replace Jair because he's now following that spot. So you're on your heels pre-snap. Now, if you're playing man coverage, it's totally different. He's following that guy and I'm going to line up on, on the boundary. And then we got our nickel and it's that simple, right? Now, If you're playing some kind of zone match, right? Let's say Jair, one play is lined up on the boundary X, right? And then that number one receiver goes into the slot. Well, how are you going to line him up on that slot? Because typically in the quarter's coverage, what it means is your safety is going to be playing mod, which is man on demand, meaning if that receiver, even though Jair is lined up over top of that receiver, Right, and you're playing man-on-demand, the safety's man-on-demand, and that would probably make Jair – it may make Jair a uh, – unless you're playing Meg, which is man everywhere you go, it's very rare anyone on the inside plays Meg. If you're playing Mod, it means he's going to pass him off to the safety. Well, no, no, you want him following him, right? Okay, so that means Jair's playing man coverage. He's the only person in the defense playing man coverage. You can't operate that way. It right. can, because as soon as he leaves that void, so now what happens? The safety the safety on the fly has to drop into that void. Now you're not playing quarters coverage. Now you're not controlling the explosive plays. And now you're making yourself vulnerable to tripling the opportunity of scoring on a drive because they hit an explosive play. So if you're playing strictly man coverage, yes, you can do that. And I'm not saying it's impossible to do this. Um, whether you're playing mod, you're playing med, you're playing, you know, even if he's the apex defender, I'm not saying you can't sugar that at the line of scrimmage, right before the ball, before the play unfolds, but it's just not that simple. It, it isn't. And if you want to just change everything up and go, okay, no, we're just going to play man coverage across the board. Good luck. Cause there's a reason other teams don't do that. There's a reason that the Cincinnati Bengals play quarter coverage, right? There's the, the, it's, it's it's the defense that's most popular in the league right now that's catching on because it's controlling those explosive plays. So I don't know. Did that answer your question, man?
0: It does, but real quick, just one more little tiny addition to that. So is there a man-on-demand principle where, or some sort of defensive scheme where let's say we could have Jair follow whatever that X or whatever you want to call the wide receiver one is. He's locked up on that man, and there's a defense that's designed – basically to counteract like you said the fact that he may be leaving the zone is there any way to have like a maybe the boundary and the perimeter guys and all the outside corners are man up and then maybe all the interior like linebackers are doing more of a zone principle to try to catch anybody that breaks off or is it just too complicated cuz like you said if that receiver passes it off to the safety then i, I like Is it not
3: following him? Yeah. Yeah. If if you, if you pass him off, then now he's not following him. What you're, what you're essentially saying is, I want him in man coverage every single play on that player. You can do that, but now you're probably, now you're not going to get into those, those, uh, plus one advantages. The whole purpose of zone defense, especially with Nick Saban's cover seven, which is a form of this quarter's coverage, Mm -hmm. is you always want to stay plus one in coverage, right? So if you've got, if you've got a trip set on one side, then you're going to play what they call box, which is basically two defenders, two defenders. They got three receivers, you've got four defenders, right? Yeah. If they go with uh, with just two, two receivers on one side, so say you're going doubles, they play triangle, which means two corners, one safety up top, and it yeah. forms a triangle, and you're passing them off. Um, it, the closest thing to what you're describing, Jacob, is Bill Belichick's bullseye defense. The way that Bill Belichick approaches his bullseye defense is they'll go into a week and they'll say, okay, who is the who is the number one target for that team, right? Who is who is the biggest threat? On third downs, who do they go to every single time? Okay, we're taking him away. So you, you would think, okay, we're going to put our number one corner on him, right? That's not what Bill Belichick does, right? What Don't Bill boy. Belichick does is he, he – first of all, he'll play man coverage the whole game if that's the case and he's playing his true – his true identity bullseye defense. What he'll do is take his number two and number three corner, and he'll double-team the number one, and then he puts his number one corner on the number two receiver. And now what the offense is forced to do is, okay, you know that number two receiver isn't beating your number one corner. You know that number one receiver isn't beating double coverage, you know the bracket coverage. So now they've got to beat us with their number three receiver. And if they do, so be it, Right. That, then, then they earned it, and their roster's deeper than ours. When you say the Bullseye defense, that's the closest thing I can come up with. Um, I'm sorry, when you say, you know, letting Jair just simply fall, that's the closest thing I can come up with where where Belichick literally told his number one corner, most of the time it was Stefan Gilmore, you're covering the number two receiver today, anyone else, make sure you're bracket covering the number one receiver. So we've always got a double team on them. So it's, uh, like I said, without a telestrator, it's hard to explain, but hopefully that that made some sense there, man. Um, yeah. All right, let's see here. Craig in the chat said, ton of respect for Jones. That guy is special in more, more ways than one. Completely agree. Simon in the chat. What's Simon saying here? Simon says, you see, you hear that guys, you get that. Uh, love the hunger. I bet Clayton's house on the Packers to win the super The Lord. At <laughs> Come on, boys. Let me get a trailer parked out back before you start betting my house, man, on, on the super bowl. Now I, I love the enthusiasm though, man, for sure. Let's see. Uh, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm not a big music guy, but uh, yeah, I do know who the Beatles were. John Lennon and Paul McCartney bonded over both having lost their mothers. Kind of going back to what you were talking about with the, some of the guys losing their dads, you know, that type of thing. So we're gonna get ready to wrap this thing up. I'm gonna try to fire off through the chat here real quick, guys. We don't want to leave anybody out. Um, let's see here, uh, Gutsa
0: i saw one that i know we should talk on mike Hibring, who's been a great fan of the show for a long time he said he's going to be at practice tomorrow wants to know what we should report back Ooh, okay he should report back
3: hmm what would yours be jacob what would you Someone
0: in the chat said i just want to tell us how nasty this defense is i mean i'd like to maybe have him watch maybe the late rounder uh late rounders late string uh, their fifth st- sixth, and seventh string wide receivers and then take a peek for me Gosh, I, I want to see that edge rotation because it sounded like that. Matt LaFleur was talking about Brenton Cox Jr. I want to see that guy make this team. I want to see if they're actually – he was all over people. And granted, it's the end of the game against third stringers in Cincy, but that being said, yeah, maybe check out the defense overall. The edge, uh, edge rotation would be really interesting for me and then those late-round, late-string wide receivers.
3: My, mine's real easy, dude. Luke Musgrave. I am this freaking close to buying a jersey of Luke Musgrave. I'm telling you. You know, Hillman, Jaden Reed, I haven't been this excited about two rookies in a long, long time. So that would be my pick. I think Eric Sutherland's pick would be Valentine, as you can see here in the chat. Let's see, Mike in the chat says, I like the podcast, pal, top-shelf breakdowns and discussions. Uh, I'd like our team to play 4-3 or, 40, or 4-6 defense. Um, that will stop the awful – Second or two and three situations our defense get, gets into. I think he's talking about second and three situations. You're right, man. You put you put a forty-six out there, bro. A four six, not a forty-six. Totally different from what the Bears did, but a four six, man. My goodness. Good luck running on that. We're going back to the uh I, I bet I can guess mocks age. I bet <laughs> I bet Mike's in his fifties. Right, and he probably loved watching football in the college football in the '90s because that's exactly what all those college teams were running back in the day with the triple option and all that. Yep. They were uh, they were coming out in that four six defense for sure. Let's see, we might have some Joe Barry slander. I should have read it first Let's see what John says. Has Joe Barry got what it takes to turn the potential of eight first rounders into a defense that delivers week in and week out? I have I've no I have no idea. I know this man going. When they bring him in his first year, everybody loved Joe Barry. He fixed this defense. Unbelievable how they turned it around. The first quarter of the season last year, Tony Romo on the telecast talking about this might be the best defense in the league. Right. That's... It's like we forget those things, man, and then they finish strong. They finish strong as well. I'm not a Joe Barry hater. Now, when people come to me and go, Clayton, tell me what he's done well in other places. That's when I got to shut my mouth. Cause I look up and go, he had been a part of some bad defenses, man. Defensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm eager to see what he does this year. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna have a solid year. I think they're gonna continue off what they built there in the uh, in the latter part of the season. What do you think, man? Uh, how you feeling about Joe Barry now, Jacob? I know you've listened to a lot of my chalk talks and trying to break down the the quarters coverage and all that stuff. Do you feel any better? Or do you are you still kind of dug in on man? I don't know. Joe Barry ain't the guy.
0: I am hopefully optimistic, I guess. Uh, I'll admit, again, I was one of those guys. I'm like, why are they playing 10 yards off the ball? Move up. At that point in my life as a fan, and not saying that I – just working with Clayton, working with this network, you cannot help but start to learn more and more and more about the game, especially defensive schemes, just strategies, the reason why this is happening, the reason why it's not happening. As you learn that stuff, you kind of start to understand – okay like i can't just yell things at the tv and that (laughs) and that makes them true it's like there's a whole formula there's a whole reason as to why this is happening there's like a, a a mountain full of reasons why certain plays are designed and are supposed to be operated the way that they are and like we talked about last year in your opinion and now i'm starting to share that opinion that it wasn't a lack of defensive play calling scheme design or anything It was a lack of execution so if we can fix the execution standard that this green Bay Packers defense has and, and Orion talked about it where it's like the people that were like fire Barry. Well, then we're starting again from slate one where you have a year where you got to learn the defense and then they're going into year two. And then it's gotta like, be patient. you gotta be patient. And it's no, let's just stop this right now after this year. Yeah. If Barry, if the defense is god awful, then absolutely let's put the ax down and, and move on. But right now, Like you talked about, man. First quarter of that season looked amazing. We looked really good in the last part of that season, and these guys are flying around so far, and they look scary. And this is without Rashawn Gary. We need to stop and think about that. Last year was without Rashawn Gary. You know, One man doesn't make or break a team, but at some key positions they do. Quarterback, dominant edge, dominant cornerback, I would argue. You know what I mean? So I'd like to see what we have when we have a healthy, actual team. And like you said, eight – Number one draft picks. Let's go.
3: Yeah. All right, guys. Stop chatting, okay? Please. Because I, 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 we're not going to be able to read them all. We need to wrap it up for podcast purposes. Can I read one more? Out. What's that?
0: Can I read one more?
3: Yeah, I've got a couple pinned here too. But, yeah, I just okay. don't want people uh, commenting and us not getting
0: Texas it. Texas Badger says, great show, guys. Not much Packer coverage down here in Texas. Just sissy
3: cowboy talk. <laughs> <laughs> sissy cowboy talk. I love it, dude. I love it. Alright, we got a few pinned here. I'm going to read these real quick and then we got to get out of here, guys. We really appreciate everybody hopping in. We broke our old record of 80 live viewers, got up to 86. Appreciate everybody showing up. If you guys would, hit that subscribe button for us. That helps us out a ton. Don't worry about notifications. We don't want to bother you with the dinging, but we uh, we go live every day if at all possible and you'll see multiple clips cut. this podcast that you can check out on the go as well. But let's see here in the chat, and we appreciate uh, that kind comment back there about the uh, the sissy cowboy talk. Adam (laughs) said, shoot, when did game manager become an insult? Silly stuff. It really is, man. The fact that, like, what does game manager mean? Game manager means you're not throwing interceptions. You're not throwing the game away. You're working within the offense, and you're being productive. That's what it means. But isn't it funny? Aaron Rodgers goes out there and has an MVP season, loses in the playoffs, and it's all he's playing hero ball. And then next thing you know, he's gone. It's, well, this guy's just a game manager, which I can't keep up, man. I can't keep up. <laughs> Let's see. R. Shower says, I'll take nine wins and run offensive plays with 12 seconds left on the play clock. Youth should equal pace so we can kill with our speed late. I like it, dude. I like the strate- the strategy there. Dakota in the chat said, I got a couple of bikers camping at my park from Wisconsin. Once a, uh, one's a Packers fan. One's a Bills fan. I turned the one – Uh, got onto the Packernet podcast, elbow cough. Hey, look at – we're going to put Dakota on the payroll, man, out there promoting. We appreciate it, dude, for sure. And let's see, too old for this. Said, the defense should start running around all over the place with no rhyme or reason. It'll confuse the heck out of opposing offense. I think that's what some people want, man. I really do. All right, last chat here. This is Emilio. He said, Clayton, can you pull up Ben Fennel's tweet of Malik Heath's block? Um – Let's see, Malik Heath's block to the water cooler. What? We got to find that now. Here we are. Ryan's going to kill me, dude. He's going to absolutely kill me. I got your message, Jacob, for sure. I got it. Okay. I got gotcha. it wrote down over there. Appreciate you, man. Let's see if we can find this Ben Fennel tweet real quick. Talk to these guys for a second. Go through the chat a little bit more there, Jacob. I got you.
0: One thing, too, I wanted to touch on. Um, Adam Schefter shared a tweet today where he talked about how number one overall draft pick, Rice Young, has won the Carolina starting quarterback job. Number two draft pick, C.J. Stroud is expected to start his second straight preseason game and then appears to be in line for being the starter for opening day. Number four overall draft pick, Anthony Richardson, has won the Colts' starting quarterback job. He says a rush to the rookies. Imagine if Jordan Love got thrown into the fire and didn't have the chance to sit for those three years. I really don't think that we'd have Jordan Love on this team anymore, and maybe people want that. I'm just saying it's it's just... Kind of cool to think about how things fall into place there. Uh, Let's see. Normal nickel. Jair versus Jefferson. Can't wait to see it again. That's true for sure. And that'd be one of those situations where if there is a game that we want Jair to follow somebody, that would be, that'd probably be my game right there. I would love to see him shut him down. Uh but uh Adam Block. I wonder if they're I wonder then if it's team specific. We're talking about Jair like he's a liability, but I think it's a product product of us not trusting Nixon entirely and wanting Valentine on the field more. I do agree with that a little bit because, like Clayton said, I if is the best we got, I'd like to see him maybe playing slot. If Douglas is better on the perimeter, if Carrington is playing the way that he can, and we just have Jair in the middle taken away because a lot of times we get picked apart over the middle. I really don't like it. That dink and dunk stuff. Um, if we got two shutdown guys on the on the on the perimeters, and if Jair can take away a lot of that stuff inside, I'm I'm all for that. And honestly, Nixon, I love the guy, but I don't think he's our best cornerback. I think that he's his biggest value in this year is going to be a return return game. But
3: good stuff. But man. Did you find I think, it? I think, I think I found it. Now here's the problem, guys. We got. We got better equipment on the way. Okay. We got, we got a new CPU in today. I had to remortgage the house here and uh, we got it in. We're ready to roll, but we got to get it hooked up and somebody who's smarter than me to uh, get everything set up for us. But so this, I say that because this might be choppy. Okay. But we're going to give it our best shot. This is what Emilio was talking about. Can you see this, Jacob? Yes, I can. I believe this is what he was talking about. I I searched Ben Fennel, Malik Heath. Let's see. Hopefully it's not choppy. But here we go. This is Malik Heath up top. You see him, right? Yep. All right, here we go. What's his block? Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, look at wow. this. Drive, drive, drive. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Look, here's the water cooler. Wow, <laughs> Dude, Malik Heath, he may not make the roster, but it ain't going to be for not trying. That was that read option I was talking about, Jacob. Yep. 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 And he made it happen. Look at this. Got the end to crash. Jam- oh, my God. You it see the there, though. Look, look yeah. first of all, look. I know it's choppy, but this is the read option. This is what I was talking about. I want to see with Jordan Love. Okay, here's the plan. You see this defensive end right here, Jacob? Yep. The way this is going to work is you're going to put the ball in the belly of this running back. If this defensive end stays at home, okay. If he comes out here and stays and sets the edge, then you hand it off, and it's going to be an inside zone. If he crashes in on the running back, then you pull it out of the belly. And you take it for a read option quarterback run, okay? That's what you're seeing here. Unfortunately, I don't know who this cat is right offhand, but he loses. His, who is it? Is that Pearson? I think it might be. He loses his life on this play. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> but bang!
4: Oh wow, yeah, that was Pearson. Oh my god, I don't know <laughs> if it's choppy
3: or not, but it, it's
0: not bad, but it's it could be better. But um, that is that is impressive, man. That's the that's read
3: option. Watch him crash. Watch the defensive defensive end. Watch him crash on the running back, and watch that's you're going to see Sean Clifford pull it out of the belly and take off. That's a read option. Boom, and we're gone.
0: Did you happen to see Rashid Walker too on that play? Is that Walker seventy seven?
3: Let's see. Nice little double team moves oh, up. Yeah, okay. Who is seventy seven? Is that Caleb, or is that Rashid? Is that that's I Rasheed thought Rasheed
0: was seven? Is he seventy seven?
3: I think you I think it's Rasheed. It Look like it said Walker good stuff dude that's what i'm talking about with our listeners bro they always yeah i swear man i just need to set the thing live and let y'all run it dude it'd be a way better show (laughs) (laughs) all right we're gonna get out of here guys we're way over on time before we do i want to say this um ryan received a message from one of our loyal listeners michael and uh unfortunately he's going in for heart surgery tomorrow okay and he just wanted to kind of let everybody know um first of all it was it wasn't a woe is me message at all. It was just how much he loves this network, how much he loves the listeners, and and how much he appreciates the, the content that's being created, not because we're great, but just because as a community that Ryan's created collectively. Um, it's just a cool place to, like Jacob was talking about, learn football, man. Hop in here and, and, and learn about the game and get to know some really cool people along the way and just talk about this awesome game. this awesome team that we love so much, but we just want to say, Michael, we're praying for you, buddy. Um, and if you don't believe in prayer, that's totally cool out there. Just send some positive thoughts towards Michael. And, um, and, le- uh, all we got to say, Michael, is you're going to come through just fine, buddy. And we're looking, we're looking forward to, uh, seeing you coming out the other side and we're going to have many, 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 many more podcast stories to talk about. And, uh, we need to get you on the show, man. We need to get you to call in sometime and, uh, and have you on there. Jake, if you got anything to say to Michael, bub.
0: Oh no, man, just, um, you know, all the blessings, like you, Clayton said, we're praying for you. So let's talk some Packer football once you're out and healthy, and we'll be good to go.
3: Yeah, I'm telling you, man, what we got here is special. Um, we got an awesome group of, of loyal listeners who, like I said, always add value to the show. And what I love is you've seen the chat. We had 86 people in here live right, new record um, for a non-post-game show. We had 86 people in here, and there was nobody being disrespectful. There was nobody arguing. Might have had a couple of disagreements, but it's all in respect, and it's all about us, you know, kind of giving our opinion and and where we want to see this team go and where they're at and what we're excited about, dude. There's a lot of people that are going through life right now that are looking for something like this to be a part of. They're looking for a group of people that they could just, they can feel, you know, unified with. And if that's too heavy for you, hey, look, I get it and I understand. But I'm 40 years old now. There was a time in my life when someone would say that and I go, shut up. You're being dramatic. Bro, you hit a you hit a certain point in life where you go, there's more to life than just trying to act like a tough guy. There's more to life than how can I make more money? There's more to life of how can I get my next fix, whether it's whatever vice it is. Right. It Nothing in life is worth having if you can't share it with other people. And that's what's so cool about this community. So, Michael, dude, get better soon. Like I said, you're going to come out with a way better ticker on the other side. And we're looking forward to chatting. It. So we're going to get out of here, Jacob, man. Thank you so much for your time. But it's always a pleasure to talk football with you. Yeah, we of want to course. thank Nick Chavink from the It's Always Draft Season podcast. Appreciate him taking time to hop on here. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go back. Go power
2: sweep actually it's the it's the lead play on our in our offense we tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. if he's not we drive down on the first man who is inside pullback we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle no one shows he goes right by this and field inside if the y-n has the linebacker taken out cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.